by Passion Church, the DeSoto County campus, the fun church in Horn Lake, Mississippi. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church. There was this magician, he was claiming that he could heal folks. He had a big show going on. He said, I can heal anybody, just come up to the front. And this guy come up on his crutches. And he says, what's your name, sir? He said, my name is Phil. He says, uh, what's wrong with you? He says, my legs don't work. He says, go behind that curtain over, that little curtain over there, and we'll get you healed. So he went off on his crutches behind the thing. The next guy come up. It didn't look like anything was wrong with him. So the magician said, what's wrong with you, sir? He says, I stutter. I've been stuttering since I was f- five years old. He says, go behind the curtain. We'll get you fixed up. Well, they went behind the curtain, and that magician, he started moving some magic rocks he had on a table and some doing some incantations and all this big drama to make it seem like he was doing something, you know. And finally, he says, Phil, throw your crutches over the top of the curtain to show everybody you're healed. And sure enough, some crutches came flying over the curtain, bling, 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 all on the stage, you know. Everybody in this audience was aghast. <gasps> and then he says, man with the stutter... He said, say something to prove that you're healed. And he goes, oh, okay, but Phil just fell down. Yes, yes. I probably just offended everybody who ever stuttered right there. I'm so, so, so sorry. <laughs> I can't help myself. <laughs> and everybody who ever walked on crutches, I'm sorry. Anyway, let's turn to Acts chapter 4, verse 29. This is a rough crowd here today. I think that magician would have run if he saw y'all's faces this morning. (laughs) You know, when when that video started, it talked about a third of the people have heard about Jesus and a third haven't heard about Jesus and a third, you know, hadn't made up their mind. I was wondering the same thing during praise and worship. I was like, has anybody, anybody in here heard of Jesus Seriously, man, y'all going to have to come on with your worship. Some people, about a third of people worshiping, the rest of them are sitting around looking saying, what is this? This is our opportunity to love on Jesus, to make that grand exchange we're always talking about. Well, old Peter and Paul and I don't know, I guess it was Paul that early on, but John and all the disciples you know, in the early church after Jesus went back to heaven, they're trying to grow the church in Jerusalem, and it was rough going because the Romans were there, and they were uh, persecuting them. They wanted them stomped out, and unfortunately, so did most of the Jews. So it was rough going. It was dangerous circumstances that they were living in. And in Acts chapter 4, verse 29, Peter prays this. He says, And now, O Lord, hear their threats, and give us... Your servants, great boldness in preaching your word. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the name 
of your holy servant, Jesus. Now, is God going to stretch forth his hand from heaven? Is it going to be this big, huge hand? Well, whose hands is he talking about? He's talking about our hand. He, what did he say there? He says, give us, your servants, this great boldness to preach your word. Help us stretch forth our hands to heal, but in the name of your holy child, Jesus. And after this prayer, I mean, this was a serious prayer. They're saying, I want to be used by you, God. We make ourselves available. We're in the midst of this crooked and perverse generation. We're crushed on every side. But we believe that your power is able to heal and do miracles and signs and wonders. And we're going to trust you in the midst of this. And after this prayer, after this great prayer, the meeting place shook, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. The place was shaken, and they did preach the Word of God with boldness. Pastor Norris Braswell, our pastor for Passion Church over in Montgomery, he says of Jesus, through the pages of the Gospels, Jesus is clearly revealed as the healer. Wherever he went, sick and hurting and bound, they were drawn to him for relief. And those who came were not disappointed. Many times it says he healed them all. And Jesus was moved by compassion to lift the yoke of sickness and suffering. And his church should feel the same way. The church should want to lift this yoke of suffering in the world. But the question is, is are we willing to be used? Are we willing to make a bold prayer like Peter just prayed? Use me, Lord. Use my hands. Help me preach boldly. Not, Lord, send somebody else. Right? Use me. Are we willing? Jesus was willing. You remember the leper in, I think it was Mark 8 or something like that, came to him and, and says, Lord, if you're willing, you can make me clean. What did Jesus say? I am willing. He was the I am. And he is an I am who is willing. But the question is, are we willing to be his hands and feet? Merriam-Webster's definition of healing is such. It says to free from injury or disease, to make sound or whole. To make well again, to restore health, to cause an undesirable condition to be overcome. You know what an undesirable position is? <laughs> to be lost. But Jesus came to make us whole, to overcome these things, to patch up or correct, to breach a division. You see, there was a division between us and God. It was called sin, and Jesus came to take away the sins of the world. To restore original purity and integrity. This is Merriam-Webster's dictionary. Does that sound like what Jesus did? I would add 
my definition is to alleviate suffering. There is so much suffering in the world. And I know it, it can overwhelm and, and it make you want to stick your head in the sand like an ostrich. Not even think about it. I just can't, I can't look at it anymore. And we're, we're dumbing ourselves down with all this thumb swiping. Oh, just give me good news. I'm not, you know. And, and we just, we have seen so much that our little hearts can't hardly take it anymore. And so we're, we, we've hardened our hearts against alleviating suffering in the world. We can't be like that. We're going to have to choose to be like Peter and pray that strong prayer. We're going to have to choose to be like Jesus and say, I, I can't take it. I can't take the suffering all around me. I have to do something. Jesus healed the lepers, the paralytics, the mute talked, the lame walked, the blind saw, the dumb he caused to run for office, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> you guys are a tough crowd. I don't get no respect. I don't get no respect. <laughs> tough crowd today, man, I'll tell you. He healed those who were afflicted. Those who were tormented by demons. Those tormented by their past. You may recognize yourself in here somewhere, huh? Like the woman at the well. She wasn't physically sick, but she was sick. Tormented by her past. He laid hands on some. He spit on some of them. Some of them he sent the word to heal. There was no formula. It was only faith working by love. And the same faith that he has, he has given to us. And the same love that he had, he has shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. And we're not looking for a formula. We're looking to let this love out. To let this love have its way. In our day, to alleviate the suffering of the world. He was a big hit at funerals. He turned people's mourning into dancing. But he healed more than just, he, he raised more than just the physically dead. He raised the emotionally and spiritually dead. Like the demoniac at the tomb. Like Mary Magdalene who was had seven demons. You don't think they had emotional scars? You don't think they had spiritual lack, spiritual need? Jesus healed physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And we need to be able to see those things in our society. Russell Gerling wrote this, You know the great physician... And you are his healing hands. His power to heal can flow through you in very practical ways. Practical ways. Ways that aren't moving a bunch of rocks around. <laughs> saying some incantations. No, very practical ways, ways that we can all move to alleviate suffering in our midst. But to be healers, we must tap into the com compassion that the Holy Spirit put in our hearts. We have to tap in. Compassion 
creates a bridge between the needy and the love of God and the grace that God wants to show people. We're his hands and feet. Closing my heart to compassion's promptings in my heart shuts down the flow of mercy in my life and it hardens my heart. How many of you, maybe through all we've been through in the last few years, are tempted to say, man, I'm just closing off. I'm not dealing with all this stuff. I'm going to just take care of me and mine. My four and no more. You know, I'm going to get me a place up in Wyoming or something and grow my own vegetables. You know, we want to shut ourselves off from the world, from this craziness. Do you know how crazy it was the time when Jesus was born into this earth under Roman rule? We can't do that. You say, but I know Jesus heals, but I can't heal. Well, good news. You're right. But Jesus can use you. His power through you to heal. He's not going to give out this power if you're going to try to take the credit. Right? That's where we get in trouble. But no, you say, God, I just want to be used by you, and I want to point people to you. You say, what if, what if I pray and they don't get healed? Well, you're just worrying about what man thinks, aren't you? What if I pray and they don't get healed? So, if you're praying in Jesus' name, who takes the onus? Jesus. I don't know about you, but I'm glad. I'm not praying in my name. There you go. But I'm praying in the name above every other name. You hear what I'm saying? And besides, natural doctors don't stop practicing medicine because their patients die sometimes. They don't stop practicing. I mean, even the natural doctors don't stop practicing medicine when people don't get healed. Sometimes, maybe could it, could it be that their patients won't take the medicine they prescribed? <laughs> I don't know. You know, Jesus asked the blind man, he said, what do you want from me? What do you want me to do? Well, that's pretty obvious, Jesus. I'm sitting here blind. <laughs> you would think it'd be pretty obvious. But you know, some people don't want to be healed. They have grown comfortable in their disability. They have grown I kind of like the sympathy I get for this. Or maybe they're making money off of their illness. You know, the government's sending me a check. I don't, I don't have to work because of this. I don't really want to be healed. Some people don't want to be healed. So Jesus asked him, what do you want? Thankfully, this man had sight enough, even though he was blind, to say, I want to see. And what did Jesus do? He healed him. You know, Jesus, when he was in his own hometown in Matthew 6, 5, or Mark 6, 5, he says, because of their unbelief, he, could do, he couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick folk and heal them. He still put his hands on people. He still prayed for people. 
But the power was not there to heal because of their doubt and unbelief. You know, you can have faith to heal somebody, but if they don't want to be healed, I don't know how all that works. I don't know why some people are healed, why some people are not. I don't know, but I know what I'm called to do. I know what I'm supposed to do. And maybe God doesn't think like we think. And what if he doesn't heal like we want him to? Does that mean they don't get healed? I know I've prayed for people with cancer. Believing for a miracle. I've stood on his word. I've prayed over and over and over. Some have been healed. Some have not. Some went on to be with the Lord. But maybe those that went on to be with the Lord are completely healed. Maybe they're not suffering at all. Maybe they're running and dancing and shouting on the streets of gold right now. Healed beyond measure. In need of nothing. So what if he doesn't heal the way we think he ought to heal? I think there's some things that I don't need to know. Some things I don't even want to know. I just need to know what I'm supposed to do. And at the end of the day... When I stand before the Lord, I can say, I did what you asked of me, Lord. I let your compassion flow from me. You know, the, even natural doctors take an oath to be a healer. What is it called? The Hippocratic Oath or something like that? I don't know. I may be saying that wrong. Some kind of oath, you know, that they're going to heal. When we made Jesus Christ our Lord, and he, we said we're going to follow him, and we're going to be Christ-like, we must be compassionate. We made an oath to God that we were going to love like him, serve like him. And included in that is to heal the brokenhearted, to heal the, the downtrodden, to heal those broken in body, to believe God for them just like he believed God for us. John 14, 12, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works that I have done. He went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. And even greater works. What about that? Even greater works than Jesus? He says, because I go to be with the Father. I'm going to be sitting at the right hand of Most High, living to make intercession for you. And I give you words of eternal life. And that is the greatest miracle, the greatest healing of all. Can I get an amen if y'all woke up yet? You know, we can start over again. Can I get the praise team up here? We're going to try it again. Oh, my goodness. I leave for a week, and I think y'all fell asleep or something. How about y'all get prayed up before you come next week? Uh, don't make me... Don't make me say to something I don't want to say, but we're fixing to win this community. We better get our butts in gear. Can a pastor say that? Well, let's get somebody that's not a pastor to say it then. <laughs> we better get ready because we're fixing to move. I don't know. I don't want nobody to get left behind. 
Man went to the doctor. He said, doctor, I broke my leg in two places. The doctor said, I know what to do. He said, what is it, doc? He said, don't go to those two places. Wank, 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 wank. Did I tell you that the field fell down? Wank, <laughs> wank. All right, so I see I'm not telling jokes. I'm not. Am I connecting at all? Are you even hearing me today? Turn your hearing aids up. <laughs> Let's discuss briefly physical healing. Jesus in Mark chapter 16 told those who believe that they will be able to place their hands on the sick and they shall be healed. That's a point of faith for us. If it's in the word of God, we believe it, we activate it by faith, right? So there it is. Are you a believer? These signs shall follow them that believe. That's the only qualification. Put your hands on them, and they shall be healed. The, look, everybody put your hands up. Look at your hands. Say, these are healing hands. These are hands of compassion. These hands have God's touch. Who put them back down. You got to believe that. You got to believe that you belong to him. And in Luke 10, 9, Jesus said, heal the sick. Heal the sick. Who is he talking to? His disciples. Heal the sick and tell them that the kingdom of God is near you now. You see, physical healing is the dinner bell to the gospel. You heal the sick, then you can tell them. That the kingdom of God is near you now. You have proof. That's why Jesus did miracles and signs. So that they would believe he is who he says he is. How many of you in here have been physically healed through prayer? Or somebody laying on of hands? Or you seeing the word of God and believing it? I know I have. Over and over again. I was thinking about that this morning, you know. When a sickness begins to get on me, maybe a sniffles or something, when I catch it on the front end and I begin to pray, I can't tell you how many times it just went away and I, I never even saw it, you know. But if I let it sit in and healing and, and Jesus is not my first thought when sickness comes on me, if I let it set in, then I've got a lot of praying, a lot of working to do. Because it's a lot harder to believe for a miracle than it is for healing. So try to catch it early and believe God. But y'all saw, if, if you've never been healed by the Lord Jesus, and you don't know if you believe in all that stuff, if you're on the Internet or something, you don't believe, you saw all these hands. These are people testifying in church, almost under oath, <laughs> that they have physically been healed by Jesus or somebody representing Jesus and his power through them. Let's talk about emotional healing. You know, that's, that's just as prevalent as physical healing. People need it. I was in my office this week. I was probably working on this message. I don't know, but the building manager called me on the phone. He said, there's a guy out here who needs some prayer. 
So I said, okay. So I shut my door and walked out, and they were sitting right out in the parking lot. The, apparently, the guy had just driven into the parking lot, got out of his truck, and started talking to the building manager. Didn't know him from Adam. And just started telling him all his problems. And I walked out, and we barely got an introduction in before he turns to me and just starts telling me everything in his life. My kids have left me in this and my, you know, this has happened, my job. He just begins to pour his heart out to me. I don't even get a word in. I'm just, and I listened and I listened. And my building manager, he was like, you got him now, <laughs> you know, and he was gone. But I knew this man needed emotional healing. He needs somebody to tell his stuff to. A lot of times, just listening to somebody is all the healing that you need to pour out to let them know that there is someone who cares. Of course, I, I tried to point him to Jesus, and, and I prayed over him and everything, but once he said his peace, he was ready to go. He went and got in his truck and was gone. It was like, he, it was like a hit job. He come up in here and told us his problems and left. But isn't that what we pray for? I, I've heard us pray for that so many times is that people would drive down Goodman and sense a presence here in the back here and just turn down this street. This needs to be a place of healing. I know what it's done for your life. This place where God is. I know what it's done for my life. And we cannot hold on to that selfishly. We need to be healing hands and feet. People are lonely and broken and scared. We can point them to the love of God. We can point them to the word of God. And there's something else out there that's just like a cancer. Like cancer is to the body. Unforgiveness is to the soul. There's so much unforgiveness destroying families, marriages, People can't get past what some... It just feels so good to hold on to. It, it's like a little blanket that they... A comfort blanket that they need to hold on to is this unforgiveness, but they don't realize it's rotting them. And it's destroying like a cancer. We need to forgive, and we need to tell other people, man, you got to forgive. If you hold on to that, it is going somewhere you do not want to go and not only will you pay for it in the end the person that you don't forgive pays for it your children will pay for it it is vicious and sometimes we don't even recognize we're not forgiven but I think if you were to spend a few moments with God and say God what is the what is the nasty stuff on the inside of me expose it show me where, I, where I'm not forgiving He'll show you. He'll show you and he'll give you the power to forgive. And forgiveness is probably the most key thing to relational healing. If, there's, if your marriage is not as close as it once was or needs to be, it's not to that perfect marriage that you're striving for, you need to examine yourself and say, where am I not forgiving? If you're about to leave, your spouse, you need to examine yourself and say, why? God hates divorce. What can I do? You can forgive and start fresh. We're to be like Jesus. I think it was in the little town of Nahum, but that 
I may be wrong on that, but in Luke chapter 4, verse 18, Jesus was in a Jewish synagogue, and he stood up for to read. And they gave him the scroll of Isaiah, and he scrolled it out there. And in Luke 4, 18, he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He claimed it for himself. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. When he finished this passage, he sat down and he said, This scripture is fulfilled in your eyes today, today, because it's me. And what if his children were to take the same attitude when we read this scripture? We, I, I remember reading this scripture one day in a, a, a biker bar that we were invited to come back to to play once we were a Christian band. You remember this? I pulled the, the Bible out of the back of my amplifier, and my knees was fellowship, and I was so afraid because I was speaking to a bunch of bikers in a bar, and we just got through playing Christian music, and they were like scratching their head. Who are these fellows? How did they get invited here? And I opened up to this passage, and I said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. I was a representative of Christ in the middle of this dark place. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Can you say that? Yes. You can. Say it with me. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted. You need to see yourself in that scripture the way Jesus did, to proclaim liberty to the captives. Recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. You could add stressed and depressed. We got to set them free. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, and this ain't it. The way the world is going right now, this ain't acceptable to Jesus. We got to proclaim a better way. Have you been emotionally healed by Jesus? I want you to raise your hand if somebody in here has been had a past where you thought less of yourself or, or you were destroyed by this or there is a divorce in your history and all these things, uh, emotional scarring, uh, you were abused, all these things, and, and you, it was tearing you apart. But you, you came to Jesus and somebody prayed for you and people counseled with you. And gave, gave you the love of Christ, and you have begun to emotionally heal. Is there people in here? Raise your hand for this audience online to see. Testify. Come on. He, he's on the camera today. Let the world see that Jesus heals physically and emotionally. Let's talk about spiritual healing. Salvation is the greatest healing of all. You're talking about alleviating suffering. You just alleviated somebody's eternal punishment in hell. Emotional and physical healing without spiritual healing it's like rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic before it goes down. It don't matter. It's like washing a pig before you lead it to slaughter. 
it don't matter. Are you getting what I'm saying? So every, all these other healings are leading us to the most important healing, which is spiritual healing. And in another word, you might call it salvation. Salvation for your soul. So that you can have the love of God in your heart. <laughs> Physical, emotional, and spiritual healing are all intertwined. They just mess you up all together. You know, if people's not saved, if they don't have spiritual healing, if they're not connected with God, what do they do? They become emotional wrecks because they don't have the needs met. And what do they do? They do things harmful to their physical body that need healing. You know, worry is the biggest killer in America. That's an emotional issue being played out in a physical issue. All stemming from what? A spiritual condition in America. Jesus told his disciples in Matthew 10, 8. He said, heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cure those with leprosy and cast out demons. Give as freely as you have received. Did Jesus make you beg for it? Did he make you work for it? Or did he give freely? And in this broken world, just look around. Everywhere you see is deficiencies of love and peace and joy. In this church, at any given time, you look around, you will see deficiencies in people's life. They've lost the joy. They're not operating in love. They have, they've lost their peace. If you look to these empty purple chairs, those are people who left because they've lost, they're, de they're deficient for the love of God. It would be nice if we could get it all at once and then we just held on to it for the rest of our life, right? But no, there's an enemy and the wind and the waves are beating against that house and it's trying to knock it down. It's trying to knock your house down. And sometimes when I see the wind and waves knocking at your house, I need to go over there and help you stand. Help you rebuild your foundation. That's what we do to help heal one another. You say, but that's hard, Pastor. That's, you know, I was putting myself out there. I've tried that. I helped this one guy, and he wanted me to... Help him move, and I helped him move, and he wanted me to help him buy stuff. I bought him furniture, then he wanted me to buy groceries, and I bought him groceries. Then the next thing I know, he don't want nothing to do with me. He broke my heart. We've all been through that kind of stuff. We've helped people. It seems like the people you help the most are the ones that hurt you the most. The ones that I spend the most time counseling with are the ones that leave the church and talk bad about me. But you know what? I don't do it for them. I do it for the Lord. And I don't let that stop me. I don't let what I see with my natural eyes stop me from being the child of God that God called me to be. Somebody pray for Paul's arm right now. <clears throat> Thank you, Paul. I don't know what happened back there today, but you're the man on the spot who came to the rescue. Thank you. Where was I at? 
the, co the cost associated with being a healer, and I'm about to close. Natural doctors take on massive student loans. They extend years of their life learning the craft of healing. Jesus extended his own back because by his stripes we were healed. Yes, there is a cost for healing, but there's joy. There's joy on the other side. He, Jesus said, I endured the cross for the joy set before me. It was worth it to Jesus. And it'll be worth it to you. One day I was walking these, this very place right here by myself at the church and praying like I often do. And I was walking in circles. And my shoulder had been hurting for quite a while. And, I, and I'd got a shot in it. and everything. I think it was my left shoulder. I'd gotten a shot in it. And it, it didn't get any better. And I was walking and all of a sudden, I don't know what a, having a heart attack is like. But it felt like I was having a heart attack. My chest seized up. And I could, I could barely move. And I sat here and all I could do was pray, Lord, help me, Jesus. I don't know what's going on, but I trust you, Lord. It would be no better place to die. My, but anyway, <laughs> I, I was able to get outside and get in my truck, and I drove to the mercy room. They didn't know what was happening with me. You know, all I said is all I know is I've been having a bad shoulder. But what had happened was I had a blood clot. And it had gotten up close to my lungs, and it was causing pain. And the, my pain sensors didn't know where to send the, the pain to because you couldn't send the pain to your, your blood vessel. So it sent it to my shoulder, and my, and my brain was telling me my shoulder was hurting. But actually, it was, it was a blood clot. And when I was up here praying that day, it moved into my lung and started doing damage. And somehow, thankfully, the Lord saved me. I was able to get to the ER, and I was sitting in there. And they, they was trying to run all these tests and everything. And I don't know who it was, but one of them came in there and we said, and he was giddy about it. And I was like, what's so funny? You know, this ain't funny. He's, he's, he's walking. He's, I got good news. I'm like, I hope so. He said, we found out what it is. It's a blood clot. And I heard him out in the, in the hallway, two or three other ones. They were high-fiving each other, talking about that they discovered this blood clot because Apparently, they're hard to discover, and one-third of everybody who has a pulmonary embolism, which is a blood clot going into your brains, dies. It's lethal. One-third. We're talking about one-thirds today, right? So they were so excited that they had found, they didn't know me from Adam, but they were excited about the craft, that, that their healing power was in operation, and God, God used them. And then they put me on blood thinners and stuff to, to stop the rest of the blood clot to go into my lungs and killing me. But I want you to know there's great joy on the other side of extending yourself to be a healer. Jesus healed the sick. So should we. Say, so should we. Say, so should we. Jesus healed the brokenhearted. So shall we. I'm going to wake y'all up for it's over with. Jesus restored the lost, so shall we. Come on, make a declaration today. Let's start over again. Jesus healed the sick, so shall we. Jesus healed the brokenhearted, so shall we. Jesus restored the lost, so shall we. Jesus fed the hungry, so shall we. Jesus closed the naked. So shall we. Somebody's hesitating on that one. <laughs> <coughs> Jesus commanded us to visit the sick and 
in the hospitals and the imprisoned. Jesus recognized the needs of others and then he met them. And so shall we. Matthew 25, 40. The king will say, I tell you the truth. When you did it to the least one of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. Do you love Jesus? Well, hallelujah. You're a healer. Your hands are healing hands. Your ear is a listening ear. Your heart is full of the compassion of Jesus to make a difference in the world. Who wants to be a healer in here? Who wants to be a healer? All right. If there's any brave healers in here, I want you to come line up across the front. Yeah, yeah, come on, line up across the front. All right, if there's anybody in here who needs healing, whether it be physical, whether it be emotional, whether it be spiritual, I want you to come up here and pick somebody of the same sex and pray with them. Let them lay hands on you. Let them listen to you and be healed. What did it say? The works that I do shall you do also. Look how we could overcome the world. We got all these healers and not very much healing compared to our healers. If we share this work, what could we do? When we only got a couple in the church that'll, that'll step out and lay hands on somebody and believe God, what if everybody was willing to do that? There would be more healers than there are sick. Pretty soon there'll be no sick. And that will be the acceptable year of the Lord. Come on, if you need healing, come on, if you need healing spiritually, if you need to be saved, come to me right now. Let me talk to you. If your heart's broken, come talk to somebody. If there's unforgiveness that you're having trouble letting go of, maybe it's your own self that you can't forgive. Come talk to somebody and see how. God can use them to bring about healing in your life. Play some music, Brother Greg. Well, you're right on time. Hallelujah. This is how the body of Christ works. to the podcast today. We hope you enjoyed it and that it inspires you to live out God's Word. For more information, visit us at www.mypassion.church.